Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as community bulletins, weather in Spanish, I wish I could afford cable. Here to provide analysis for that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Oh, it was an instantaneous nap after work day for me, so... I am feeling a little more peppy, thankfully, from that nap, although having a hard day. (laughs) Uh, I wish I could afford cable, too. (laughs) Kind of. You know, the average New Yorker at this time, they're unable to afford cable, I guess. You think that's accurate, James B.? I mean, it's 1987. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I had it. Maybe it's it's appropriately uh, appropriate question for the time. Now, Peter Parker, of course, can't afford it. Eddie, we've got a busy day ahead of us. Woo! Let's get to our first book. From February of 1987, Spider-Man vs. Wolverine 1, High Tide, written by James C. Owsley, penciled by Mark Bright, inked by Al Williamson. James B., this is the book that explains what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 289, Hobgoblin Revealed. Uh, we probably should have covered it on that podcast, but I'm very happy to know what actually happened in near Europe when Ned Leeds was killed. Eddie, this is actually one of a bunch of books that try to make up for the missing information from 289. Uh. We couldn't have just squeezed this one in. It's going to take at least two more books as well, uh, at, at minimum. But we'll continue to talk about this in the next few podcasts. Uh, also, because we're doing four books and this is a big one, I'll try not to interrupt you as much as I normally do during this summary. Thanks, James B. We'll begin with Wolverine in a flashback, saving his friend Charlemagne, a.k.a. Charlie, in East Berlin from hundreds of Soviet operatives. Wolverine kills them all as he explains that Charlie is a high-level mercenary that has worked closely with Wolverine before. Charlie escapes, and we hop to present day in New York City. Spidey is swinging around New York when he comes across a murdered mom and pop at their local business. After a moral quandary, he takes pictures and gets a fat payday from Catherine Cushing at the Bugle. As Peter heads out with MJ later, a sniper picks off a pair of bystanders in Times Square. Peter is distraught because he was unable to save them, and back at his place, MJ and him kiss before she departs. This crosses a line Peter was trying not to. He tosses his costume away, declaring, I'm never putting that suit on again. At the bugle, Ned Leeds convinces J. Jonah Jameson, using the info he got from the Kingpin, that the recent spat of murders were Soviet spies killed by Charlemagne. J. Jonah sends Ned and Peter to Europe to investigate. It's a heavy start to this book. The murders, the KGB plotline, Peter suddenly kissing MJ, and then getting angry. Except for the kiss, most of it seems a little less believable than I'm used to in a Spider-Man comic. Why is Ned so into this Daily Bugle Soviet spy story? Doesn't he have enough going on? Well, in Europe, Wolverine finds Peter because he recognizes his scent as Spider-Man's. They swing around town together, trying to figure out why each other is there. Wolverine determines Peter isn't a threat and tells him to go home. Peter returns to his hotel room to find Ned dead, surrounded by Soviet operatives. Wolverine crashes through the window and kills them all. Despite the danger, Peter buys a knockoff German Spidey suit and swings after Wolverine, clumsily crossing the Berlin Wall in the process. 
He finds Wolverine and Charlie, who turns out to be a woman Wolverine was romantically involved with, having dinner surrounded by armed assassins and Spidey attacks the baddies. Charlie escapes, and Wolverine finally convinces Peter to go home, but that night, Peter can't rest without finding Ned's killers. He swings to a graveyard, where he stops Wolverine from killing Charlie, and they fight. Yeah, Charlemagne wants Wolverine to kill her because she feels like she has nowhere to run, and she doesn't want a slow, tortured death. <laughs> Spidey punches Wolverine with all his force over and over, but Wolverine keeps getting up. A helicopter and many more assassins surround the trio, and Spidey, all amped up, accidentally punches Charlie with his full force and kills her. The assassins disappear, and Peter returns home haunted by the murder. MJ comforts him. Oh boy, so much I could say here. Um, I must admit I'm not sure who killed Ned Leeds exactly. Was it the KGB Soviet agents who felt he was snooping, or was it just the foreigner? Uh, I also want to reveal that listener John Aaron sent us an email discussing a controversy, Eddie, about writers not getting along and how this all went down. But I could tell the email was going to have spoilers for, like, things in the future, so I, I stopped reading it halfway. And I know John tried to send me another one, but I'm just like, no, no. I put my hands covering my eyes and my <laughs> fingers in my ears. I was like, no, 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 I'm not reading any of this. So I, thanks, John. I know, you, I know you're trying. I appreciate it. I do. Yeah, it was very confusing. I appreciate, well, the background. I wish they would have alluded to it in The Amazing Spider-Man. It was there was at no point that I could find that there was a separate comic that actually told the story, uh, but we got it. And now we know <laughs> what's well, you going to, on. Like that message John sent sort of explained that somebody said, we're thinking of doing this. And another writer was like thinking of doing this. And one guy thought he was joking. And, you know, oh, I think this sort I of, see. I think this all went down, went down because it was some uh, misinformation or somebody was upset with somebody else. Like, I, uh, uh, and I think that's why we all pay the price of having to uh, fill in all these gaps later. Cause they probably didn't intend on this being either not Ned Leeds or not killing him. And, Things wow. get out of hand, like one per, you know, the same way that we had the whole issue of why did you kill Gwen Stacy the first time? Like, oh, I thought you wanted this. So there's some controversy, but I know that I believe there's probably future hobgoblins, and then they they're gonna I don't want, they're gonna retcon stuff, and I don't want to know what all that information is. So that's why I'm kind of <laughs> kind of laying back. By the way, I also didn't need this whole Wolverine and Charlemagne nonsense going on to make it even more confusing. Like, <laughs> that yeah. does, yes, I you know, we didn't need to know that, but. Enough of Wolverine, right? It's time to get back to the amazing Spider-Man. Let's do the books that we wanted. And <laughs> these I feel good about. I understand everything that's happening and I'm comfortable. And let's start off with the first one, which is from July of 1987. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 290, The Big Question by David Michelin, penciled by John Rita Jr. and inks by Vince Coletta. Spider-Man is doing great. He begins this book by saving the mayor from a clumsy assassin. Uh, the mayor then tells Jay Jonah to write a glowing account of the incident in the bugle. But Peter is restless, and he can only find solace by visiting MJ. Mary Jane gives Peter a hug and suggests maybe a visit to his aunt will help him. At his house, he learns that Aunt May isn't feeling well, and he doesn't dump his problems on her. He also learns she accidentally donated his precious microscope to the church to raise funds for an orphanage. In some ways, that microscope, which we've known about since the very beginning of the story, back in Amazing Fantasy 15, is sort of the A story in this book, as yeah. he decides the microscope is too important 
and decides he will have to buy it back at the church auction. Peter heads over to the church bazaar. Some punks steal some money from the coffers, and Peter, recalling his Uncle Ben's untimely death, swings off to catch them. But he is distracted by the more heinous crime of someone stealing the church's sacred scepter. Spidey easily catches the crooks in time to also get back to win the auction for his microscope. He then decides it's time to put Peter Parker first. He thinks, it's time to start my new life. He goes to MJ's apartment. And proposes. This should have been no surprise to anyone who saw the cover of this book. It's a good cover. Uh, it depicts Peter grabbing MJ by the arm aggressively, while a shadow of kind of a sneaking Spider-Man looms behind him, along with the title, The Big Question. Uh, but it would have been nice to have some alternate big question he had to answer, <laughs> just to give us a little bit of mystery. That's true. That's true. <laughs> At the start of this book, Peter breaks a smokestack, reminding me that you, know, you talked to your coworker there about the rising cost of insurance of living in New York City if Spider-Man was out there destroying stuff. He right. really does it. He really abuses New York City rooftops. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, the mayor is Ed Koch, the actual New York City mayor in the comic book. And uh, we never do see if J. Jonah Jameson prints a glowing account um, in this book anywhere. Uh, maybe that happens in the next issue, Eddie. And it is from August of 1987. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 291 Dark Journey by David Micheline, layouts by John Romita Jr., and finishes by Vince Coletta. MJ's reply to Peter's marriage proposal is... No! Peter is confused while MJ tells Peter she has to go to Pittsburgh to see her estranged sister. After Mary Jane leaves for the airport, we see a spider slayer piloted by Alistair on Alfonso Smythe Rip the wall off MJ's apartment. Smythe was maimed and paralyzed after Spider-Man lured him into being electrocuted the last time they fought, and he wants revenge. He intends to kidnap MJ again because he knows she is connected to Spider-Man. In the B story, MJ's sister is in jail and blames MJ for her problems. It takes up a large portion of the book because Spider-Sling, well, doesn't need 22 pages. There's a lot of exposition, including when Alistair says, It's time to squash that spider once and for all. He's trying to squash me. Alistair's robotic drones that currently fly around the city spot Spidey first, and he attacks with the Slayer. Spidey is nearly defeated until a bulldozer driven by a sympathetic construction worker rams the Spider Slayer. Although Smythe retreats, he did manage to gas Spidey with a substance that allows him to track him. Peter misses MJ too much and buys a ticket to Pittsburgh. We end with Smythe ominously also buying a ticket at the airport. And listeners, if you think a bulldozer ramming into the Slayer shouldn't be enough to take it out, wait till you see what happens next issue. Uh, <laughs> in this issue, MJ actually calls for Peter to come to Pittsburgh, and he chooses her over the whole Spider-Slayer battle. It's a good decision because the Spider Slayer literally only goes after Spider-Man. I mean, even the next book, at some point, they'll say something like, you know, all the Spider Slaying activity ceased after, after the first battle because, you know, it's not. He, it's all he wants is to yeah. go after Spider-Man. Yeah, he's he's he just wants revenge. That's all. 
that's it. And Smythe here is confined in a wheelchair. He can only gain nutrition through an IV tube because he was electrocuted in his last battle with Spidey. Uh, rather compelling for a baddie to want revenge. Although, of course, one might be hurt driving a spider slayer around New York City, you know, incidentally here and there. You know that I do like the spider slayers. I, I know you do, and I do not. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's easy to follow. Like, the storyline, like, it's clear, like, we're building them to catch Spider-Man. It's like, you know, I, I like it. I It's It's... Yeah, they're good. No Soviet spies to confuse anyone. No, no. <laughs> Spider-Man's not accidentally killing Willow Green's girlfriend trying to stop <laughs> one of the Smythes. Let's see if he can stop the Smythe in the final book we're going to cover today in this podcast. It's from September of 1987. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 292 Growing Pains by Micheline, penciled by Alex Zaviuk, inked by Vince Coletta. Mary Jane is thrilled when Peter finds her in Pittsburgh. It is revealed that MJ decided to introduce Peter to her father. MJ's father is trying to manipulate her into helping him complete a robbery of some old manuscripts he originally sent Mary Jane's sister, Gail, to steal. MJ must decide to help her sister or her father. Peter and Mary Jane depart for a long chat as they move around Pittsburgh. This culminates with Peter telling Mary Jane she shouldn't throw away her future for her father or her sister's bad choices. Mary Jane says, I love you, Peter, and they kiss. MJ's father left her mother, and then MJ, you know, keeping with the family tradition, abandoned her sister. Uh, now there's some thought that if her dad gets the manuscript and leaves with it, the case against Gail will become circumstantial because there'll be no proof what she stole, I guess, because the evidence will be gone. Uh, the reader and Peter don't know it, but when they return to the house, MJ then reveals, okay, I'm going to go on with this plan, and we'll, we'll, I'll, help, I'll help you, Dad. As MJ breaks into the archives to find the manuscripts her sister had hidden, Alistair Alfonso Smythe busts through the wall in his spider slayer. <laughs> Spidey leaps into action, and battle ensues all over Pittsburgh. When it looks like Spider-Man is in real trouble, Mary Jane crashes a car into the Slayer and later whacks it with a baseball bat. By the way, I gotta interrupt. Both both super effective, <laughs> right? Like honestly, I'm serious. yeah, yeah. Like like he stops everything to be like, ah, what was that? Right, right. And Spider-Man's like, I'm dying, and then he gets uh, gets a breather because yeah. these little moments. Yeah. Alistair grabs Mary Jane, sending Spidey into a manic rage. He rips the Slayer apart and pulls out the paraplegic Alfonso Smythe. MJ returns to her father with the manuscript and tricks the sinister dad into a confession the police overhear in the room next door. We end with Mary Jane telling Peter she will marry him. Yeah, that's good. Is there anything you want to add about the... The uh, tw- yeah, so 291, this, 292, so whatever. Smythe tracks Peter because he sprayed some gas on him. If Peter had just taken a shower, I don't think Smythe could have tracked him. <laughs> also, I know Wolverine has a great nose, but he smells Peter out when he's just walking around Europe. <laughs> really, this calls Peter's hygiene into question. Uh, when he goes to Pittsburgh, at least two days went by without a shower, and he flew in a plane... 
after I fly to plane, like I immediately want to shower. <laughs> I think of the days. Uh, I think the theme of today's podcast is Peter Smelly. <laughs> Possibly his clothing needs to be washed. I mean, he keeps extra. He could be on his costume. You don't, you don't put dirty clothes on after. <laughs> You shower the, right the spider-man costume I mean, might not be a wash everyday type item true true so i would think <laughs> he's gotta get pretty sweaty in that thing with all the working out he's doing all the time well he did wear the german version of it when he was out there that's and, true and he, you know die spinne die spinne <laughs> yes i do remember that <laughs> with a little it's like a spider tracker spider too <laughs> Very fun. Didn't say night monkey, huh? <laughs> it, it did not. <laughs> Eddie, uh, let's squeeze in a sponsor. Okay. Eddie, this President's Day weekend, don't buy Apple AirTags. Sure, a lot of people like AirTags because you can find your lost keys, your wallet, or even you know your car. You could also tag your pet. But AirTags are pricey. And at 11 grams each, who needs that kind of weight to find something? Alistair Alphonse Smythe offers the Slayer Spray at half the cost. That's right. A 20-use bottle for $39.99. Spray and locate it forever. Waterproof. Showerproof. Forget-proof. Slayer Spray is available at QVC and Eddie's favorite locale for circus peanuts, Wawa. Buy your (laughs) bottle of Slayer Spray today. Yeah, I go to a Wawa about as often as I eat circus peanuts. It's true, <laughs> which is never. Uh, so can a, does it say in there that someone can smell it or they need the device to locate it? Yeah, and there's not a lot. I mean, these these things are pretty short. Those, I know this, the, the post, Slayer finds so. it. I don't know if the Slayer has some like heightened, you know, like if I had a beagle, mm. I might be able to find my. Well, air, do you know what AirTag works, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, I think I could like find my, if I put it in my luggage, I can see where my luggage is in the world or whatever, right? With yeah, I mean, people don't use that. Right, they, right, exactly. But people use it <laughs> on like things in their house because they like, True. can't find your gloves. You snap it on your gloves, stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, but I think I would assume that if you spray it, you have some kind of. How's okay. a sli- how does the spider? How does the- you tell me how the spider slayer works <laughs> to track track the scent? Since and, everyone and that will answer both questions. <laughs> Since everyone's smelling, I I think instead of some kind of electronic digital system, it just has like an olfactory. <laughs> oh, there you go. Like the nose of a beagle on the front of the spider slayer. <laughs> There you go. So I'm sure your I'm sure your phone has a little a little attachment that can use it to find your stuff. So, all right, we'll pick that up next time you're uh, at the Wawa, which sounds my favorite theory I've had in a while. Eddie, how can people reach us? Uh, you could email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail or click on the link in this podcast description to join our Discord channel and connect with us through social media. You know, I used to have the little two sound effects that people just heard, like in, they were lined up perfectly for Uh-oh. what we would always say. But then, well, because we changed what we say, it became like a longer thing. Yes. It never lines up. It's always a hassle for me. I need oh. to really, I need to really just reformat that in a spot that, that lines up. But it's fine. It's fine. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if a pungent musk strikes your nose. You found Peter Parker. 
Goodbye. Goodbye. Eddie, I see you typed the word Terry and the Pirates in the post-show conversation. Yeah, this was a reference to something that was on that. I don't even if I know remember who said it, <laughs> but I forgot to look it up, James B. I'm pretty confident it was Spider-Man who says it. <laughs> yes, I think so, too. So, spoiler, I'm on Wikipedia now because I, <laughs> I'm, I, I put a note and said to you, I do not know what this is, yes. hoping you would look it up. That's because it originally ran from 1934 to 1973. Uh, wow. Okay. So it uh, was pretty popular up until 1946. And then it made it another 30 years? <laughs> wow. Almost 30. I'm like, why are we reading? Like, why? Captain Blaze, Captain Judas, Cheery Blaze, Chopstick Joe. What a dated reference for Spider-Man, even. What, what a, maybe it's just Uncle Ben's favorite thing to read when he was a young man. <laughs> well, here, here's, some, uh, here's, some, here's some popular, cult, popular culture references. There are, there are like nine of them. And, and the, the seventh one says, Artist John Ramirez Sr. got the idea to kill Peter Parker's girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, after Terry and the Pirates killed off Raven Sherman. Oh. It's all their fault then, James B. Now, is that true? I hate these people. Yeah, is John Romita Sr. the one who is to blame for this? It would be his vintage uh, when this was around, like you said, those dates. Wow. Yeah. There's a 1964 Hanna-Barbera cartoon Johnny Quest directly credited Terry and the Pirates uh, as an inspiration for Johnny Quest TV show. Had some great off-the-cuff Spider-Man knowledge, James B. If, if Wikipedia can be trusted or... <laughs>